You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just to go. The Peter. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star begins to count. Takes the snap. He's- Pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Pump fake. Wallace picked off. Nick Collins. Nick Collins on the return inside the 10. Leaps for the touchdown. What's up, guys and gals? Welcome to the Packers Total Access Post Game Show. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And just want to say that tonight's show is brought to you by Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. It was birthed out of the burden to help those in our community and congregations who've come out of a difficult past or an addictive lifestyle. And we are giving away a uh, autographed Paul Horning jersey. Um, courtesy of uh, a Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. And all you got to do to enter, enter yourself into that contest to win the autographed home green Beckett-style jersey from pristineauction.com. Like I said, Paul Horning, number five. Um, just go to my Twitter account, uh, at Packers underscore access. You'll see a tweet that's pinned at the top of the page. Make sure you retweet that tweet and also follow the account. That'll get you entered into the contest uh, one uh, one time. And if you'd like to enter yourself in multiple times, you'll also see attached to that tweet um, a, uh, a link where you can donate to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. And for every $5 you donate, you're in, entered into the contest one additional time, and there's no limit on how many times you can enter into that contest. We just gave away a Quay Walker jersey uh, to a gentleman up in uh, Minnesota. We had a Packer fan behind enemy lines, Jake, so that's always nice, right? But yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just uh, really excited about the Paul Horney giveaway. But with that being said, man, we've got a special guest on tonight. And, guys, there may be others drop in. We don't know. It was a pretty rowdy Sunday night. I know the chat was lit up, and it was a lot of fun watching the uh, Packers and the uh, and the Eagles lock horns here on Sunday night. But Jake uh, is the host of It's Always Draft Season podcast here on the Packernet Podcast Network. And do you got anything else that you do on the side, Jake, that you'd like to tell the folks about? Uh, yeah, just a bit real quick. Obviously, um, being part of the draft, you know, that, that comes with a lot of breakdown film and stuff of prospects. So I do that a lot on the YouTube channel. Um, it's actually linked uh, – with the stream tonight, but it is um, if you go to my Twitter at Jake NFL Draft, you can find the link there. So, awesome, good stuff there as well. Good stuff, man. Well, like I said, appreciate your time uh, hopping on, and you hop off anytime you need to. We're planning on going about an hour. Um, this is uh, like I said, live on YouTube and Twitter. Appreciate everybody joining us there, and then also this will be on podcast form immediately uh, as we wrap up. That way, everybody's got it for the uh, the Monday work day. So. Um, what's your initial thoughts on the on the game tonight, Jake? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you say, how would you describe this game uh, between the Packers and the Eagles that obviously the Eagles come out on top 40 to 33? I think in a word, chaotic. And like in the best way, uh, just watching football that way. Like they, it, it had pretty much everything, uh, maybe minus defense uh, is, is probably the best way to describe it. But 
I mean, it's it's hard not to start with obviously the run defense and just you know not staying disciplined in rush lanes and letting Hurts kind of find those escape routes, not tackling when when they have the opportunities, you know, to limit Miles Sanders. Like there was just so much uh, to unpack there with the front seven, and and I think you know we're probably going to be talking about the front seven a lot in the next five months, mm-hmm. uh, I imagine. So, but I mean, how can you not talk about? Love to Watson for that touchdown. Oh man, I'm telling you, oh, Twitter gosh. blew up. <laughs> oh man, you just knew, and and I wanted to save this because I knew we were th- the show was going to be tonight. I was like, once Epps and Blankenship were both on the screen, it was over. <laughs> it was over because the right. angles were poor. You weren't catching him. That was yep. it. It was it. Watson was gone at that point. And oh man, that could yep. be a sign of what's to come. We'll see. But that was that. That's gonna that's gonna stay in in the mind. All- for the next, who knows how long. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's it's funny because we've there's no shortage of opinions when it comes to Rodgers or, uh, or Jordan Love, especially on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen it. And everybody kind of gets grouped into two camps, and, and Ryan and I have joked about this. And, and Ryan and I disagree for the most part on, on what should be done, I believe. Um, I don't think we disagree on what the issues are, but – it's funny because when you go on to Twitter, it's like you can't you can't be in the camp of both, right? It's you're either a Rogers lover or a Rogers hater, and there's nothing in between. And and I can't help but prod the the trolls on Twitter. I like to put little tweets out there to get them to come flooding in just to <laughs> just to point out why they're <laughs> wrong. But when you see Jordan Love, the thing that comes to mind for me is We've got a unique opportunity if the coaching staff does indeed think he's he's the you know the the next quarterback to step in for the Packers after Rodgers leaves. Forget the fifth year option, and let's lock him up to a long term deal because the way the contracts will lay, if indeed Aaron does come back for a final year next year, then obviously you'll be able to restructure the contract in a sense to where the cap hit the majority of the cap hit will hit the following year after Rodgers leaves. Although there will be some layover of Rodgers's a salary cap hit, but it, it almost, the timeline almost matches up perfect. Right. So um, with that being said, the question is how long does Rogers want to play? He may retire after this year. He may come back next year, but um, as far as Jordan love and what you've seen of him so far, and we're going to, we're going to recap the game guys, I promise. But since this is fresh on the brain here, I, I want to go ahead and hit on it. What with what you've seen of love, do you think he can be a quality starting quarterback or better? Yeah, I mean, I think he can. And I, I I don't think it's popular to say that anymore, truthfully. Right. I think, you know, after it, when that happened in the 2020 NFL draft, I remember being live and, and just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this actually just happened. And I, I just, I, I really thought, you know, in the draft, and I'll, I'll even, I'll smack dab take this L right now live on stream. I've taken it before. I had love ranked out of Herbert. Was that wrong? Absolutely it was. But I still think Love is still in that was in that like area where like yeah he has generates velocity you know the touch throws are there all the arm talent off script does all of these things well it's just like when he's in structure you know does the accuracy and decision making over the middle of the field which is struggle with a lot of QBs you know even Jalen Hurts you know Russell Wilson all these guys who don't like throwing over the middle it's like can he get better at that and that was can the footwork be better like all these things that you can kind of just coach him up to be and maybe this last like you know, what is it? Six weeks of the season now, five weeks for the Packers. It's like, can he just, can he play all those five weeks and kind of you, you build something for him to where like, this is year what three now for him. And he's just, everything looked crisp tonight though. Didn't it? Like it felt crisp and it looked like, okay, behind the scenes, even though he's not been playing very much, like things look better than the guy who threw, I think 17 picks his final year at Utah state. Yeah. So I think the potential's there. But you're just definitely in like this weird, awkward situation right now where you're like, I mean, thumb or not, Rodgers played okay tonight. I mean, the two picks weren't great, but like wasn't bad for a guy who really has like what a a bone break joint issue and an avulsion in his thumb. Like he can still play at a high level. So you're kind of, yeah, in that stuck kind of place, which is where we thought they'd potentially be. Right. And so. It's it's hard. I do think Rodgers does come back. I think he does have unfinished business if they shut him down. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm with you. I think they got to find a way to not pick up the fifth year and maybe look to extend. I know it can be just that could be straight up reaction from what we saw in very limited game action tonight. But right, 
there's good. There's there's definitely something there uh, with Love, and that's why he was a first round pick in the first place. Absolutely, so. and and again, this goes back to, uh, and we're gonna get to the uh, the comments here in the chat in just a second. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Twitter. You know, it's either he hasn't shown anything, or you know, the the big the big talk has been, you know, the coaching staff knows what they have, and that's why they're forcing Aaron to play. With the injury, that's why they're allowing Aaron to kind of flex on them, all those things. I think everything on Twitter is an overreaction, and myself included. You know, I mean, it's something that it's so easy to fall into, especially with this this little thing right here called a smartphone. I mean, you can you can basically let the world know yeah. how you feel in, in yeah. an instant, right? But mm-hmm. back to Jordan Love, I mean, yeah, he's he's shown how much he's improved. And, and my argument, Jake, has always been – when, when people would bash him through the preseason and everything, it's like he's playing with third and fourth stringers. Like you can't ex- – and they'll go, well, he's going against third and fourth string. Offense is totally different than defense. Defense is simply reactionary. Offense is all these guys have to be on the same page. And, uh, yeah, I think I think after tonight what you've seen was he's definitely got the arm strength. He can spin it. He showed accuracy at times. The one behind Lazard, I had to go back and watch the tape, but I kind of yeah, feel yeah. like it was intentional, almost like he was trying not to lead him into coverage. Could have been, but um, again, we'll have to go back and look and see what the the bracket was there over the top. But um, yeah, so we got Mr. Green in the house, and he says uh, Jordan Love is one hundred percent the real deal. I mean, he sure sure showed some flash tonight, and I think they ran ten plays and only ran the ball once while he was in there. So nine passes, I believe, if I understood correctly. We'll look at the yeah. stats in a second. Lee says, is 12 okay with QB2? I don't think I don't think 12 is okay with QB2, and I don't think that's in the plans either, to be honest with you, Lee. Yeah. But, I, uh, I don't know about it being okay with it, yeah. Lee, uh, big-time follower of, the, of, of all the channels, so awesome. great to see him there. Great to see him there. But, yeah, Absolutely. that's – We appreciate you guys tagging along for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to kind of keep an eye on the uh, on the pressers. If, if it makes sense, we'll go to them. But let's kind of go to the stats here and, and walk through the game a little bit. <clears throat> As they come up, we'll cover stats. You know, I, I kind of charted everything all night, Jake. And and a couple things that flashed to me, man. Uh, Quay Walker, am I being too critical of Quay Walker? Because I was as big a, a Quay Walker fan as any, especially coming out of the preseason, although I didn't have him very high on my draft board. I'm eager to hear, how high did you have Quay Walker on your draft board? Do you remember? Um, roughly? Okay. So I think, I think I, I'm going to, oh man, I'm going to roll back the clock, but I actually, I think I should be able to find, I think he was, I think he was linebacker five for me yep. in the class. Um, I think, oh man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it. he was five or six for me. Oh, I got it. Uh, yes. Fifth, fifth for fifth. me. So, gotcha. I so mean, what's, what's been your take on him, man? Do you, cause I feel like, you know, I'm looking at it week in and week out, and I'm going, man, maybe we should do some kind of rotation and allow Barnes to get on the field a little bit more if indeed we're in the hunt. And I know you don't want to stun his growth, but, man, am, am I wrong? Has he just kind of looked lost out there? Yeah, this was always the question, right? And, it, and when you draft a player like this, there's the linebacker position is one of the hardest, I think, to evaluate because there's so many keys. You know, what's your gap fit in the run game? There's so much that – that we you have to evaluate and no defense as a whole, especially what the front seven is doing to evaluate these guys. Like there, anybody can go. Oh, this guy can run a chase and catch people. That's really awesome. Like he can do that. Everybody can see that, right? So when it came to Walker, it was like, yeah, this dude can. When he's asked to fill and like you know he, he's powerful and he's fast, right? And that's two things you you can't teach a lot of guys to do, right? But. Yeah. There, there's so much growth in the mental game with him, and that's kind of why they that Georgia really had Dean out there for the most part, and then Tyndall and 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 Walker were rotating in. It's because they knew that that Dean was really the the scalpel, the tactician out there that kind of knew where he needed to be, knew where everyone else needed to be. And Walker is is the player who's just he's kind of just he's such a great athlete, and he just kind yeah. of loves to out athlete people and out strength people, and like. And that worked on a Georgia defense that has stud after stud after stud on the front seven. Yeah, the NFL is going to be a little bit of a different test. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Like these guys are all legit too. They were all doing the same thing in college. So I thought the Tennessee game was really good from him. Yeah. And but this week, yeah, I, it, it was. It felt like oh, he's in, he's where he needs to be. Tackle, and he did, and he and it just didn't happen. The execution wasn't there. But like I expected these kind of growing pains with like is this high projection upside prospect with Walker. And it's kind of the same thing I thought of with Watson as well Is it might take time now right. for Watson. It's clearly taking less time apparently, but I, I do yeah. think 
the linebacker room feels good in the fact that like you're even suggesting, oh, we could get Walker off the field a little bit more because Barnes and McDuffie have actually played pretty decent uh, with with Campbell out. But it, it's always a, a little bit of a project. He was no like Chad Muma, who's who's, you know, I thought was really, really fundamentally sound, you know, coming downhill like he was just going to be the upside play and it's going to take him some time. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because when he, when he does make the tackle, man, what a violent tackler he is. I mean, he, he brings the thump, but like when you seen, you know, his specific assignment there early in the first quarter was to spy Jalen and he just gets juked out of his, it's like, you're supposed to be that guy that can run him down. Right. And it's easier said than done. Obviously he slipped as well, but um, we've got uh, Raymond here in the chat. Raymond says, um, Rogers last game as a Packer, question mark. Um, for me personally, I think it's going to come down to surgery, Jake. I think yeah. uh, to answer that question, it's going to come down to the evaluation. They'll probably shut him down now, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, throw him on IR, have the surgery, and if the surgery goes great, I could see 12 coming back next year. You probably don't want to go out that way. Um, but if the surgery, for whatever reason, he, he can't get, you know, the filling back the way he wants it. And like you said, it was, an uh, I think, an avulsion fracture where they said that basically the tendon pulls part of the bone loose as well. I mean, that sounds, yeah. bro, I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to make a sandwich with that injury. Yeah, and we're exactly. out here going, yeah. I can't believe it took him out of the game. But what do you think? Has yeah. he played his last game? That is the million-dollar question, isn't it? Um <laughs> Oh man, that is, I don't think so. I, I really don't. I think he, as much as, 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 you know, the, the, as serious as the injury is and as serious as it sounds and, you know, as difficult as it will be, for, especially on the throwing thumb, if this was his left thumb, I think people would be a lot, lot less concerned, but like as tough as he is, and he doesn't get a lot of credit for being tough for some reason. I don't know why. And, and as determined as he is, he, I agree. I don't think he's going out that way. Yeah. At least not, at least not in green and gold. Like I, I just feel like he he'll be back at least next year. Um, would that would they trade him in the off season? I and I, I have no idea. I I don't know. They didn't trade him last off season when I felt like was probably the time to do it with Adams leaving. So I can't imagine they're gonna now kind of backtrack on what they've done. You know, in the past several months. You know, and in the off season to. To ship him out so i don't think so yeah and the way the contract is structured too it, it would kind of be this this sign i appeal i mean it really would for the organization it's it's structured in a way that if, if he decides to walk away within the next three years the packers aren't going to be completely you know hemmed up with the salary cap however if they try to trade him um they're going to absorb a huge cap hit to the point where they may not even be able to Filled the roster they have, as silly as that sounds. So it's obvious that this was a three-year agreement where Rodgers said, I don't plan on playing beyond three years. This might be my last year. Let's just take it year by year. You know, he was famous for saying it's a one plus a two with the option of a three. And then, of course, um, you know, the only person that really knows is is David Dunn, his, his agent. And, you know, I actually heard a, a really cool interview between Andrew Brandt, who used to be an executive for the Green Bay Packers, and then also uh, I think his name is Charles Rogers, which is the super agent, the baseball agent that negotiated Russell Wilson's contract. And they both agreed on the podcast. Nobody knows the details of the contract um, as far as retirement goes other than Aaron Rodgers and his agent and, of course, the organization. So I think it's structured in a way where this was a mutual agreement, and I think that the Packers will fulfill that mutual agreement of three years um, if Rodgers wants to stay three years. And uh, I don't think he will, though. I think he's I think he either retires this year or he comes back next year. If I had to bet the form, I would say he's coming back next year. But um, yeah. Lee in the chat here says, how about Ford and Nixon? Two bright spots. Barry's probably scheming how to tame and nerf those two. LOL. <laughs> I'll tell you this, man. I have Jake. I've defended Barry because I've seen on the tape from time and time again. And, and Coach Han and I broke it down. And I've seen other people break it down and. <clears throat> it seems like more times than not, I see players making mistakes and not the scheme being the mistake. However, man, when you see what what Jalen, you know, what what he what Hurts did tonight and how there was no adjustment until late in the second half, it was mind boggling. We kept coming with the wide nine and rushing right upfield. It was obvious nobody was telling him, hey, look, keep him in the pocket. But then on top of that, 
when you're bringing that four-man rush and they run that quarterback draw, I mean, essentially what you saw tonight, that quarterback draw was just as effective as the halfback draw against Dallas. And, and we've seen them do it time and time again. It was like there was no adjustment. But back to the question here and what Lee asked, um, how about Ford and Nixon? Um, anybody who listens to my podcast knows I'm all about extending Ford. I think Ford is a quality safety. We've only got um, one on the roster next year, to the best of my knowledge, that's actually get, you know seen playing time, and that is, unfortunately, Darnell Savage. Um, so I would like to see Ford. Uh, signed to a two- or three-year deal similar to Russell Douglas to where it's very affordable and you can get out if indeed it was just a flash year. And um, then when it comes to Nixon, I mean, you've got a quality kick and punt returner, you know, and that's one thing that we need. Go ahead and button that up. And then you've seen him come in on defense after Savage left, and I believe when Jair went out for a play. But Nixon's just one of those guys that's a, a football player. But how do you feel about those two? Yeah. Um <laughs> Man, I don't want to be I don't want to bring more indictment on the coaching staff, but like that it took this long to figure out that Keyshawn it's, Nixon is this good returning. How? How did it, it take this long? long to realize that Amari was that bad? Like I just that one that one boggles the mind. As much as like I, I get like Basaccia has been like lauded as a special teams guy. They've been pretty average most of his special teams units, but even to not eat like think of the idea of bringing in like Nixon to return it all in October was, was apparently not a thing. I don't know why that, that, that will, will boggle the mind for sure for a long time. Um, I'll tell you what, he plays with fire on defense too. He is, he, does. he plays with a lot more fire than unfortunately one of my, one of my favorite players, uh, to ever put green and gold on, uh, Mr. Jay Alexander. But, uh, you know, it hurts to say that, but man, that yeah, him and Ford play like, their hair is on fire. Like it's their last play. They, they both of them play like that. And that's awesome to have on this defense. Cause it feels like that's, that's lacking week, week after week after week. So it's just, yeah. it is, but yeah, I think you made a good point. Like defending Barry, I feel like they, they've been okay. Like they, it really has fallen a lot on the offense the first couple months, you know, the right. defense was playing okay. And, and there were still though, those, obviously those couple coverage busts here and there and whatnot, but like they, they were okay. But tonight it was, it felt like we were watching, the divisional game against Kaepernick oh, plus, plus the 2019 NFC title game against the Niners as well. It felt like both of those into one. On. It was like just stopping both types of rushing attack. It, they, they had no answer. And yeah. it, it was it was rough to watch tonight. And it was like you, you get late in the fourth and you're like, you know, you absolutely know that Philly is looking at this. And it's what Sirianni does so good. They know their opponent is now the clock. Sell out to the run. If they beat you over the top with the pass, so be it. But you you cannot yeah. let them continue to just ran the ball run the ball right down your throat, man. And uh, um, Lee, uh, you asked uh, what's the pod uh, part of the Packernet Podcast Network? My podcast is called Packers Total Access, and obviously uh, Jake's got the always it's always draft season podcast um, on that network as well. So feel free to check it out, man. But no pressure. Yeah. Uh, like I said, just appreciate you hanging out in here with us tonight. So yeah, when it comes to those two, I think uh, though to to go back to to uh, to Lee's uh, question there, I. I would like to see him lock those two up. I mean, you're getting a two-for-one with Nixon, someone who could play dime back for you, maybe a little nickel back in a pinch, but also be your punt and kick returner and also play special teams as gunner um, at times. And then Rudy Ford, I think I would like to see him at safety. I mean, he's the one who forced that fumble. I came up yeah. off the couch, man. I am He is, he is by exciting. far my favorite player this year to watch because I just love those long shot stories. And what better name than Rudy, right? And especially yes, absolutely. me being a Notre Dame fan. So. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but uh, A.J. Dillon showed a little bit of life tonight. Um, let's go. Let's kind of look at the stats here real quick. First of all, before we move on from quarterback, Aaron was 11 of 16, even with the, the broken thumb and then obviously some kind of cartilage issue, it sounds like, in the rib or the, the torso area. But uh, 11 to 16, 140 yards, two touchdowns, but had the two interceptions. Of course, I felt like the two interceptions, Jake, were mental mistakes too, man. I really didn't feel like – well, maybe the one there over the middle was kind of behind Lazard. That 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 def definitely came out as a wobbler. That might have been the thumb. But that yeah. second one, he just really got baited into that coverage. They did. Um, they did the same thing. They were looking for that same play again that they yep. ran, what, like four or four play, three plays earlier on yep. that drive. But, yeah, that was – yeah, went back to the well just one once too often, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Love was uh, six for nine for 113 yards, 12.6 yards average, uh, one touchdown, no picks. Obviously, quarterback rating of 146.8. And again, you know, like I tried to point out in the chat, um, you know, 
it was obviously two minute drill time. And and what do you do when you're the team that's winning there, Jake? You you kind of play this kind of prevent defense and and yeah. you wouldn't take them what they were giving them. But like you said, man, as soon as Christian Watson crossed that caught that crosser, <laughs> it was like, oh Lord, oh, they, there is nobody catching that. Oh guy. man. So, exciting oh man um so let's do that let's uh again i went back to aj Dillon. that's what i was trying to get at i'm like a i'm like a squirrel over here man i'm all over the place uh aj Dillon, eight carries 64 yards looked like the old aj Dillon. that was good to see although it looked like he got banged up there at the end and left um yeah. eight carries 64 yards average eight yards a pop one touchdown his long run was 20 aaron jones 12 carries for 43 yards only 3.6 a pop um his long being 10 um, so, you know, as a team, 21 carries, 106 yards, you average five yards a carry. There was one uh, series there. Um, it was a little bit later in the game, and I got – no, it was actually right before halftime, that our last possession before halftime, Jake. And it, anybody who listens to my pod knows that I'm, uh, I'm big on the middle eight and turnover differential. I feel like that's typically what decides the game. And what I mean by middle eight, for those of you listening, the, the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half really controls the outcome of the game as far as momentum. And here we had a chance to kind of drain the clock and go down the field. The running game was working. And what did we do? We came out and we ran a play-action pass. I think we took a sack on that play then threw two straight incompletions, punted. And then on top of that, we get a big second down sack and LaFleur calls a timeout. And I was just like, oh, my God. I, and, and uh, again, two years ago, three years ago, Jake, I'd be going, yeah, man, let's be aggressive. Let's try to get the ball back. Yep. But having studied the middle eight this last, you know, year and a half, I'm like, my goodness, that was that was a huge mistake because what did they do, Jake? They went right down the field, yeah. scored, and they took over the middle eight. They already had the turnover differential. Now your chances of winning goes, goes down to like, I mean, you know, chances yeah. of winning for Philadelphia is in the 90s. 90 percentile at that point. But what did you think about the play calling? Because it's funny. I went to Twitter, and immediately it's <laughs> – I see. And, and I don't know if some of them are serious or not, but it was – well, it's obvious LaFleur isn't calling the plays anymore. I'm going, how, is he is he faking on the sideline? Is that what he's doing? Is he he's just walking around with the play chart, like trying to get an Oscar? But anyway. Yeah, he's got a play chart, and just it's like written in huge letters. It says "defer to 12 on there. That's what <laughs> it is, right? Like that's that's what it is. That's what Twitter thinks it is, right? Exactly. Anyway, um, I I mean, listen, this was it was the, this the second touchdown drive where it just the run game was just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play, and AJ Dillon cashing in that touchdown. My yeah. goodness, did they? It, it it definitely felt like it was oh the Eagles really, really miss Jordan Davis, really miss Jordan Davis because yeah, without him, like as much as like, Oh, Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue, they're great ads. Like they, they kind of try to patch something up that, that clearly is now a hole in the ship. It just, it came loose again. It came loose yeah. again because it felt like the interior three were just having their way up front. Everybody, it, it just, it looked like zone perfection. There, there was just so much, it was so crisp. Uh, on that second drive that I thought, man, they can just, it, it felt like the Dallas game again for a second. It felt yeah. like, all right, well, this is, they can just manhandle him up front and Dylan doing this. Was, oh man, was he, he was picking his spots well. And and when he picks his spots and he gets some momentum behind him, that is not, that is not something you want to tackle when you're the second, third <laughs> level defender. So when he started picking his spots like that in, in some, in some runs and he wasn't just kind of like, Oh, I'll find a guy and run him over. You know, he was finding lanes. It was like, Oh my goodness, this is, something that green Bay can definitely cook with going forward. And it, it was, that was a blast. Like result aside, like seeing that drive, just Jones, Dylan, Jones, Dylan, big yeah. pass play to Jones. Like it, it, Oh, that was masterful. And that was, that's the floor. I I've we've watched now for, for several seasons, this fourth right. season now. So that, that was really cool. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. 
Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely. And Lee in the chat says, do you like the 12 offense from the gun? Um, You know, obviously the hand has played a a big role in that. And I did a little study a couple of weeks ago because I had a lot of people on Twitter talking about how um, Aaron Rodgers is not running the LaFleur system and, and this and that. So I went through and charted. Um, the top five offenses as far as points per play that run the the Shanahan wide boot scheme, basically, wide wide zone boot scheme. And we were actually under center more than every team other than Miami. And it's like they obviously run the 49ers version, and we tend to lean towards the McVay Rams version. Yeah. Um, but, you know, someone else on Twitter said it's the shotgun runs that are killing us. And and on the, on the surface, I, I wanted to agree so I went back and ran the stats from that game recently, and we actually averaged almost seven yards a carry running out of the gun. So I'm like, it's not that. But to answer your question, Lee, do you like the 12 offense from the gun? Um, what I don't like, let me let me just answer it this way. What I don't like is how most of the year we've run all these tight formations, and you can just see teams loading the box. And, and it's like they're they're not being stressed horizontally pre-snap, therefore they're keying in on the run and the RPO. Now, we've gotten away from the RPO aspect, and you can kind of see things opened up a bit more, um, at least here recently. But uh, what do you think about that as far as, as, as the 12 offense from the gun? I like how that's worded there, though. I haven't done a deep dive on this, but like to me, I, I really like gun run. Um, Cleveland's done a really good job with it this year, mm-hmm. especially. Um, and that's a team that again, as well, like that's, that's that kind of that tree where, you know, there, and, and I don't think a lot of people are afraid of Brissett, but obviously he's a run threat. So that kind of, you know, might, oh, might keep the defensive line back just a little bit and hesitate because he can run, especially with that end man in the line of scrimmage, right. Who's kind of freed up, but I, I like it. I think the gun run to me favors Jones because Jones will have Jones has the burst acceleration for the exit lane, right? I think Dylan is is very much favored towards under under center run because everything can get blocked a little bit quicker for him. He doesn't have to make the snap decision necessarily. He has right. more time to look what's in front of him. So I when when Jones is out there, I the gun run is totally good with me. But yeah. I think Dylan kind of wants to get that head start and needs to because again he's not as you know fast in that five to ten yard you know area that Jones is and that's where it can kind of get into trouble and people are like oh I hate the gun run I just I just think Dylan likes the under center run better and and will thrive with it better but mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think we should get away from it necessarily I I even with Lovin if he plays the rest of the year which I expect him to yeah absolutely and it's what Lee said here in the chat I only like the gun with Jones and you know, I can I completely see that for sure. Yeah. And uh and somebody like AJ Dillon, you know, you wanna you wanna be able to see the hole, lower your pads and, and just explode through, right? So it makes complete yeah. sense. And and we know Jonesy is he's that scat back that out of the gun, man, just a quick twitch. He's he's unbelievable. He's one of my favorite Packers all time. What a stand-up yeah. guy. He's he's just awesome. But yeah. let's talk about first of all, you know, in the post-game show, typically we talk about why did the Packers lose? Listen, it's it's one quick answer. Run defense, okay? Yeah. There it is. If that's what you came for, go ahead and turn off the show. Have a good <laughs> night, right? But we're we're going to talk yeah. about a few other things. Yeah. I mean, rather than just harping on the fact that this run defense was so bad, that's really what cost you the game. But Christian Watson, four catches, 110 yards, 
only six targets. You're starting to see that number of targets uh, closing in on the amount of receptions now, Jake, which is a really good sign that that he's catching the ball better, he's seeing the ball better, everything's becoming more comfortable. But, again, had another touchdown tonight, that 63-yarder. Um, wow, what a play. And I got Rob Domofsky pulled up here on Twitter, and he tweeted out just a little while ago. He said, a couple of notes on Christian Watson's 63-yard touchdown. Per at Next Gen Stats, his top speed of 20.97 miles per hour, 20-mile-an-hour guy, pretty much 21 miles an hour is the fastest max speed by a Packers ball carrier on a touchdown this season. He's he's the first Packers rookie with receiving touchdowns in three straight games since Billy Houghton in 1952. Wow. So anytime a player does something wow. for the first time since the 50s, right, when Elvis wow. Presley was running around shaking those hips, I mean, that might have been right before Elvis, as a matter of fact. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's, wow. Christian Watson, I got to ask you because we were – right on the same page when it came to Quay Walker in the draft with Christian Watson. I, I wish I had my draft sheet pulled up, but I'm going to say I had him fourth or fifth wide receiver as well. Um, it might've been lower than that. I don't want to miss, miss talking. I know I had several people above Christian Watson. I'm more of the Greg Cosell fan, right? Greg Cosell, watch the tape. I could care less about measurables. I want to know what can you do in big time games, especially in the fourth quarter, what does the tape show, right? How do you play in big-time moments? And obviously with Christian Watson going to a smaller school, you didn't see that. And that's one of the reasons why I had him quite a bit lower. Obviously the Packers had a first-round grade on him. They lucked up and, and were able to trade up and get him in the second round. But where did you have him graded out as far as round and talent roughly? Oh, boy. All right. I don't mean to put you on a spot. Guys, we didn't even talk yes. about this stuff. Either. All right. Let's see. How can I expose myself just a little bit more tonight? All right. Let's see where I had it here. <laughs> I swear that's not the go. I was um, eating myself. All right. Yes. So, wide receiver 10. All right. Um, mom might have been closer to that. It may have. Okay. Second rounder. I, I think with him, and it's hard, and this is what makes the draft so interesting because, like, for me, I'm more grading as to what, what I've seen. I want to somehow incorporate the like in one year, in three years type of grade. I think that'd be much more interesting because from a pure skill set standpoint, I was like, all right, well, he's the people because the, the MVS comps were really real. And I, I was I was like almost there. I was like almost there with it because I'm like, yeah, yeah. OK, he's six, four. He's the measurables are the same. He's fast and he drops the ball. OK, fine. You can you can have that bit, but as smooth as an athlete as he is, that's where it all stopped. It all stopped when he has the ball in his hands. He's yeah. he's and and again pre catch as well with how fluid he moves, and you saw that with with the kind of what he did on that on one of the touchdowns against Dallas. I forget which one it was. It might it's the second one I think on the fourth and seven, and just to see how fluid he can change direction, MVS couldn't do that. And so for me, it was always like. Okay, can this guy be a true one, like be a true X receiver? And I thought, you know what? Even if he's not, like getting a guy like this instantly changes your offense because everybody has to account for that much speed. And if his hand technique could get better, because he's just, he's so, and you, if you watch, I, you go back and watch the Minnesota catch at the beginning, you can just see how wide he kind of gets before the ball arrives. He needs to be a lot tighter with his hands. Mm -hmm. But like, as special as an athlete he is, he is like, I, I get moving up. I, I get why they needed it. And and his speed alone changes things. Like on the touchdown to Cobb, safety went with him. Safety went with Watson. They know how fast he is and they know how he can run. So if you got a guy in the backside of the play who can beat his man one-on-one, -on -one, boom, we're golden. Because he's going to take so much attention. So I didn't have him super high. I didn't have him first-round grade. And that may, that may come back to bite me for sure. Uh, guess what? We're all going to miss. But like it mm. is... Once once they drafted him, I I was I was on board and I understood why they did it. And I, I'm it's hard not to be excited about six touchdowns in three games. Let's yeah. be honest. Like it, and if yeah. he can win, if he can win more contested balls like he did that first touchdown against Tennessee, oh boy, because that was another one where it was like you saw it at the senior bowl a little bit, you saw it on film a little bit, just not winning as much as a catch point at the moment of truth for a six four guy. But like yeah. if he can do that more, oh my just throw the evaluation out the window because it's it was it was probably way wrong. Like no, yeah. And, you know, the catch that he made there that Aaron Rodgers referred to as, you know, getting the, the big gorilla off his back, the over-the-shoulder catch, the way he positioned his body to to defend, to, you know, kind of fend off the DB 
and then bend back outside. I mean, that was another, that was the moment for me where I was like, hold up. Now that's, that's not just raw, you know, physical ability. That's, that's a little bit of technique there. Right. So good yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. The deep right. threats, the deep threats, if you're a really good deep threat with really great speed, who can stack, if you can adjust to the football like that on a consistent basis. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there are a lot of deep threats who kind of have to slow down to catch the ball. And there's a lot of that, like they just love run running past people and they're not really great adjusters. They kind of have to slow themselves even more or even stop to catch the ball. If he yeah. can just make that, that subtle adjustment a lot more like he did, like you said on that touchdown, boy, they're cooking with gas uh, yeah. in green Bay. Oh boy. Absolutely. Absolutely. On the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, obviously the run defense was brutal. Um, you know, I think Rudy Ford is going to come out with a uh, a fairly high PFF grade. I felt like Rudy Ford played a, a really good ball game. Quay Walker, you know, led the team with 11 tackles, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has another low grade, me personally. Um, Amos, I felt like, had a really bad game. He had nine tackles, you know, on the stat sheet, but it just seemed like so many times he was constantly reaching for ball carriers. And, and you know, he was getting beaten coverage. He got beat on that touchdown, obviously. Um, actually, that was Rasul that got beat on the touchdown. But Amos, it just seemed like all night he was chasing plays constantly. Um, Rasul had a rough night, I think. But the one I wanted to ask you about, um, and he was on my list. I had five players I wanted to watch tonight and really key in on because, guys, yeah, the season is pretty much over, right? We may not statistically be eliminated, and we knew it was going to be a, a, a tough uh, road to hoe um, down this stretch. But there's still things that you can find to look for in the game, right, and, and things to build off of. And for me, it was Christian Watson at number one. Devontae Wyatt, number two, Kingsley and Ibarre, number three, number four, Quay Walker, number five, Rudy Ford. And to me, three of those guys checked the boxes. Obviously, Christian Watson had a great game. Rudy Ford, I feel like, had a solid game. And Kingsley and Ibarre was the one I wanted to ask you about. You know, he was he was my draft crush. I was screaming for him to take him for two rounds before they finally did. And uh, to see him come out and play the run as well as he has has been really impressive. Obviously, he stopped the quarterback sneak there firing off the edge. He had a pass deflection, I believe, on the very first defensive snap of the game. But he finished with seven tackles. Um, how do you feel like he's done as far as filling in for Rashawn Gary? And, and you know, I, I kind of look at Kingsley as one of those. He's one of those minimum contracts being a late-round pick. And in three years, if we move on from Preston Smith and free up that cap room, then you're going to have him opposite Rashawn Gary. How did you feel about him coming into the draft? And then how do you feel like he's kind of uh, adapted as he stepped in for Rashawn? Yeah, I mean, obviously the edge class was extremely talented uh, in, in 2022, and it's going to be again, obviously, in 2023. Not to get ahead of ourselves here, but like I had a three on him. So I thought for sure, like like you said, for about two rounds, it felt like, all right, who's going to actually like pick him finally? Like it, it should have been a while ago. And that's why I think everybody's turning to like, day three is like the Packers just it was a gold mine and it it, it kind of was and but yeah I just I, I remember it being so enthralled with just how much of a plan he had rushing the passer where the how much he could counter when he needed to just mm -hmm. again the many ways you can win as a pass rusher is very impressive like it, it's nice the guys who have all the traits who can just go like all right I and we've talked again with we talked about this with Quay Walker it's like it's nice the guys who are explosive and strong and who just think they can overwhelm everybody right eventually at the contact point, there's going to be a point where you get stopped. And if you don't have an answer after that, it's going to be hard to succeed. I feel like Enigbare had more answers to that question than some of the guys I even ranked ahead of him just from yeah. a traits perspective. So I thought for sure, like, okay, like you said, this guy should have been kind of off the board by now, but like he, the pass rush, it hasn't been perfect. And it's again, when you're taking a step up, like even from the SEC, I don't care how good it is down there, which it is, but like it, it's going to take some time. But like, yeah, I'm with you. I've been pretty impressed overall with, with Enigbare, especially for a day three pick to come in and get meaningful snaps and filling yeah. the shoes of a guy who's really, really taken the step to being an elite player. Like that is not an easy, easy shoe to fill. And he, I thought he's he's done pretty well. And and to have to be as physical as he can be, setting an edge and being as physical as he can be at the contact point and not being to put this like too greedy, right? Like there are right. some guys who kind of can take themselves out of plays because they feel like they can, you know, Oh, I can get around this guy. I know that. And like, that's good and all, but like, I feel like he's been even fundamentally sound too. Like that. It, it's rare to get a fifth round pick who can do some of these things. And yeah. I know like we, 
we harp on the like instant impact for a lot of guys, but like for him to do it as a day three pick is is impressive. But for those of us who maybe had him graded a little bit higher, we're not as surprised. So I, it, he's been not a pleasant surprise because I feel like he had this in him, but like especially on a team that's been just struggling outright defensively, especially tonight, like that, I was impressed. Yeah, I expected him to play a little rotational role, right? And yeah. when he was kind of thrust into the the spotlight, the thing that I expected is, okay, he'll be a third down rush specialist, but he's not someone you're going to want to have him play in the run. Lo and behold, when I see him on the run snaps, I'm like, he plays a run great. Um, and, you know, Preston Smith, when you, when you were describing that, you know, he's, uh, you know, Enigbare is not someone who's going to play outside of the structure. And, you know, I feel like we've seen Preston do it all night long, you know, getting too far upfield. Yeah. You didn't see Enigbare do it maybe once or twice. But, yeah. For the most part, he played great. And Lee asked in the chat, he said, why did 55 fall? I forgot. Was it attitude stuff? I couldn't tell you. I, I don't remember I don't seeing remember. attitude stuff. Do you remember anything at all? I don't think so. And that's, that's what was so baffling. It was like, why yeah. is this guy dropping? Yeah. yeah. I oh, Maybe his – I wonder if his – let me check the testing numbers. Hmm. That might have been part of it. Just because it's an edge it's an edge rusher thing, and a lot of people love those like, oh, the, the traits and, and all the athleticism needs to be there you know, to have, you know, these true rushers, especially like three cone matters to a lot of people. But from what yeah. I remember, I, that, that might've been what it is. And yeah. if I can find it, you go ahead and check um, in the chat here. Michael Toby says uh, Eagles want <laughs> Eagles own you little bro. So I'm guessing we got an Eagles fan in the house and they, uh, if, if you are an Eagles fan, congratulations, man, big win. Yeah. You guys have a solid team, man. You're built up front on both offense and defense. Really and, and I'm telling you, man, you get in this cold weather football, you're built, you're built to win long-term for sure. Yeah, but you got absolutely. that info there, Jake? I do, yeah. So explosion grades look really good across the board. 36 and a half uh, in the vert is a 92nd percentile. That's really, really good. But it is the shuttle and three cones. We're in the 30s, 33rd percentile, 39th percentile for three cone and shuttle. So the shuttle yeah. times were not good. A lot of these times you want to see these edge rushers be able to corner quickly, be able to inside move quick. Like you want to see all that quickness changing direction. And to test like that maybe dropped him a little bit further than he than he should have dropped I, that would yeah. be my guess because that's just that's kind of how it happens for edge rushers if you look at a guy like Odafe Owe who went in the first for the Ravens in 2021 like that was there was no production and it was all traits and athleticism right so that's kind of sometimes what happens with pass rushers that's probably yeah. what it was got it got it good stuff that makes sense for sure um and you know what we're seeing at least what I feel like I've noticed here lately in the last few drafts is these guys with the with the raw measurables, you know, the 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 crazy upside, they're going in the early rounds. And and I think that's why the Packers are kind of hitting on some of these late round guys because it's more about what's on tape. You know, you've seen it with Zach Tom. He seems to be a pretty solid prospect. You're seeing it with Enig Barre as well. Um, and then of course, why why do you go up and trade up to a borderline first round pick to get Christian Watson? Because you're seeing the same thing they've seen in Quay Walker. You're seeing that raw talent, that physical ability, right? So Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. say this before we wrap up here. We're at the 45 minute mark and we'll we'll wrap up here real soon. I appreciate you joining me, Jake. It's been a lot yeah. of fun, dude. Um, Aaron was at the podium and Rob Domofsky tweeted out Aaron Rodgers clarified he has a rib injury. He said it was, quote, hard to tell on the x ray whether he had broken ribs. Wow. Um, end of quote. But he doesn't have a punctured lung, but was, quote, having a hard time breathing and rotating my upper body. On the plus side, he said the thumb is better than last week. God love him, man. He is beat all to you know oh, man. what. Man. He said uh, Rodgers didn't rule out playing Sunday versus the Bear as long the Bears as long as I check out okay tomorrow. He said he wants to keep playing as the playoffs are the math are are mathematically possible. There's obviously a lot of other conversations that come into play once you're eliminated. So he there you hear he understands that when they are mathematically eliminated. He's probably going to go on IR, step aside, and let Jordan take the reins, and I think that's the right move. Yeah. They are mathematically in it. I mean, if they had somehow pulled off this win tonight, I'm going, wow, if they win out, they're probably going to get in. Um, yeah. So now it gets a lot a lot more difficult. But, um, yeah. yeah, what do you think against the Bears next week, man? If, if, if Rodgers can go, um, do you send him out there if you're the GM, if you're the head coach? I mean, is that something that you say send him out or you go ahead and put Jordan Love in? Um. Man, this listen. I, I, catch Katie I, way. I just want to say. I that. know. <laughs> I know. Here's the thing. 
I, as somebody who loves the draft and wants the Packers to get a, you know, a, a really high pick once they're eliminated, if you can go out there and own the Bears on Sunday, you absolutely do it. I don't care. If, if 12 wants to play and you can own them, beat them twice this year, I don't <laughs> care. Go beat them again. Like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And if you want – and if even if they win, if they're somehow eliminated, perfect. That's a great way to end the season for 12 and let them you know, rest up for, for 23 is to just go beat the Bears. That sounds good. Absolutely. And, you know, I had a conversation with J.J. Leahy off off the air uh, one day just through chatting. And, and, you know, he was throwing out the idea, not that he completely agrees with it, but just, you know, just a little banter back and forth, having a conversation about, you know, do you, do you tank for a better pick and this and that? Me personally, I'm, 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 I'm the old get off my lawn guy, Jake. I'm 40 years old, man. And, and I'm like, you, Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, dude, period, right? Yep. That's the way I see it. And and like John Madden used to say, you know, the, the second that every single game, no matter where you're ranked, where your draft status is, or, or you know, where, you, where you're going to pick, or, you know, there one year, I believe it was, uh, <clears throat> God, who was it? The uh, New York Giants and Tom Coughlin, they had an opportunity where they could sit starters, right? And because it wasn't going to help their playoff position, but he played his starters and they went out and lost. But John Madden called him and left him a voicemail. And he was in tears talking about where John Madden was like, John Madden was in tears on the voicemail saying, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you went out there to play to win the game because the second that we, the second that the game isn't about winning, then we don't have a sport anymore. Right. And I kind of see it that way. I really do. And it's, it's why other sports, you know, three quarters of the way through the season, you see them begin to tank. And and it's it's why the Miami Dolphins owner got hit with that huge fine because that's what he was trying to do. It's just something that's really, really bad for the for the game, in my opinion. So um, I'm with you. Go out there and embarrass the Bears for sure. They want to spoil uh, the Vikings season two. That's fine. If they want to spoil the one seed. Yeah, sure. oh, absolutely. Go yeah, ahead. You go. go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. You know? I'm all Give the about Eagles it, yeah. a little bit of a boost, you know, give them the one. Yeah. But it's, it's so good. Again, going back to the tweet that Aaron did mention, you know, that, Hey, once we're mathematically eliminated that, you know, the conversation changes a bit and, and that would be awesome. Put them on our, if Jordan love comes out and plays like gangbusters and you can negotiate a deal. I mean, it, to, it's to the best of my understanding is we get ready to wrap up here. The fifth year option is going to cost over $20 million for Jordan love. That's the way I understand it. So if that's the case, what if you offer him, um, you know, a two-year extension with the same amount of guaranteed or maybe a little bit more guaranteed, $25 million, and you can always tack on avoidable year or set the foundation for a longer contract extension if he outplays that contract and that gets you through that, you know, kind of bridging that gap between 12 and, and Jordan Love. I think that's probably the right way to go. But, man, I'll tell you this. When they drafted Jordan Love, there was a lot of Packer fans upset and I was one of them that was excited. I got really excited because I'm like, this feels like, this feels like Favre to Rogers again, right? Yeah. And you know, it's it's kind of that that old uh, you know saying. I believe it was, um, gosh, uh, Bill Walsh said it. You know, the best time to to draft or sign a quarterback is when you don't need one, right? And they can sit and learn the system, and they can come along in that fashion. And when I seen that, I got excited. But also, I remember so many years, Jake. That if Aaron goes down with injury, it's the season's over. The backup yeah. comes in and it's going to be garbage quarterback play. And yeah. when you've got a first round talent, a legitimate first round talent as your backup, if that moment does come and you don't wish that on 12, the season gets exciting in a different level. Like, okay, yeah. now we get to see what the young guy can do. And and is this is this the lolly the Wally Pip, right? Coming in for Lou Gehrig, right? So um I'm excited to see what he does. But yeah. Um, we're at the uh, the 50 minute mark, so we're going to go ahead and get ready to get out of here. Appreciate everybody tuning in with us, and we just wanted to kind of cover the game again. Quick recap of the game: they ran the ball down our freaking throat, and uh, Christian Watson scored another touchdown with another hundred yard game. But Jake, as we sign off, man, before we do, any parting thoughts? Anything you want to plug, or just anything on the game? Anything in general? You got the floor. Man. You know, I I'm very excited. Um, even if, even as the Packers potentially are eliminated very soon from playoff contention, because you're going to see, again, we get to focus on all of these young guys. And I know the defense hasn't been playing the best. I get it. But like to see more reps for Walker, Wyatt and Igbare, maybe they can find a way to get Zach Tom in there a little bit more as well. Like th there's a lot of young talent here, especially from this past draft class. That's very, that's going to be very exciting to watch. And man, bye your number nine jerseys while they're yeah. hot right now. That's, Absolutely. that's the last parting thought right there. Buy the number <laughs> nine Jersey. That, exactly. Exactly. It's funny. I got, I got one sitting over here right now 
and uh, haven't framed it yet. Um, got the Quay Walker jersey as well. I, I went in on those guys, and we got a few to give away. And, uh, yeah, so I'm with you, man. I think he's uh, he's shown everything you needed to see. You know, I, as of last week, I had him in that category of it's still too early to tell because there were some mistakes, right? And he made the huge flash plays, right? But you're, mm -hmm. in my opinion, you're looking for consistency. You're looking for that Devontae Adams consistency, someone you can count on week in and week out. Tonight, I'm pretty sure he went over into the hit column for me. It, it was a hit. So I'm excited. Hard not to. Hard yeah, not to. absolutely. Yeah, Good incredible. stuff. Well, again, appreciate everybody uh, hopping in the chat and hanging out with us. You guys are awesome. Um, and Lee says here, good one, guys. Looking forward to better football. It's coming, absolutely. And, and Jake, is. you hit the nail on the head, man. We get to watch these young guys develop. Um, I'm excited to see. I will say this. As you were talking, it, it sparked a, a, a thought in my mind. El Elton Jenkins seems to be healthy now, right? If you're going to bring Yash back, it seems like this is going to be the offensive line. What I mean by Yash is they have somewhat of a restriction on him where he'll be able to go out and test free agency, but we'll be able to match the offer. Yash will probably be back at right tackle. So if Aaron does come back, Bakhtiari comes back, all these things fall into place. You're going to have Bakhtiari at left tackle, Elton Jenkins at left guard, Myers at center, Runyon at right guard, and Yash at right tackle. Well, if for some reason somebody breaks the bank and offers him the money, who is your starting right tackle in your opinion? Because I kind of feel like – I feel like Zach Tom can play left tackle at an NFL level. I think he's proven yeah. that. He struggled a little bit at left guard. Elton didn't look comfortable at right tackle. So if that is the case, do you, I think you got to bring Yash back, right? I think so. And I know there's a lot of like conversation because of the Packers, like that where they're at right now, at, as far as record goes, to like who's actually coming back next year. You know, with some of these big contracts, and like if for some reason, for some reason. Bakhtiari either a decides that you know th the game is just taking a toll on him physically which I mean coming back from the ACL clearly has been tough for him yeah uh if he kind of decides maybe hang it up or the Packers decide you know if they can unload him somewhere they do I mean then I think bringing back Nyman come becomes ever more crucial uh for them and and to have Tom and Nyman I kind of feel okay with that uh in 2023 now if they wanted to add perhaps a tackle in the first round of the draft that that wouldn't be bad either. Uh, but yeah, it, it, the offensive line is going to be an interesting, interesting equation this off season. It's, it's going to be fascinating to see how they navigate it. Cause obviously Elton Jenkins is, you know, a free agent and who knows, maybe some team's going to break the bank and give him, you know, 15, 16 and a half million a year. We'll see, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Lee in the chat says, is this a dumb question? What if Myers and Jenkins switch next year? Jenkins does well at center. Myers has lapses. What if they put him at, at left guard? It's funny that you say that because, in my opinion, My Myers has been great at pass blocking, not so much in run yeah. blocking, in my opinion. So with that being said, Elton going back to his original drafted position. I mean, and and I, I was oh. talking to Coach Hahn about this oh. off the air, Jake, that – I, you know, I, I rank positions by tiers. And on offense, that top tier is quarterback and left tackle. I've always kind of looked at it that way. On defense, Absolutely. it's edge defender, right? And then when you get into tier two, center falls into tier two for me. But I was asking Coach Hahn, I'm like, man, why do I feel like center is becoming as important as left tackle now? I just kind of feel like that. And and he surprisingly disagreed. I thought he would go with the center and take the bait, but he didn't. He said, I'd still have to say left tackle protecting the blind side is the most important. But yeah, that's not that's not a dumb question, Lee, because that's something I've thought of as well. What would you think of Elton at center, right? Yeah, I, I think I, I remember doing like a video series on this because obviously when Lindsay left, it was kind of like, where do they go from here? Right. And I remember thinking, you know, I mean, if Elton slid back there, that wouldn't be, you know, for I think it was what was that? Yeah, that was 2021. It'd be like I didn't I didn't hate that idea. And I feel like 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 you said, I, I remember the Josh Myers pick being like, okay, I get it kind of because Ohio State when they, when they run zone, you see the flashes with this with Myers getting those second level landmarks, and you feel like okay that if they can if they're betting on that and they hope that that can be consistent in the NFL, and it kind of really hasn't. But the yeah. pass blocking's been exceptional, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I I do agree. I I don't think it's a crazy question. Now what may even be even be crazier is, you know, if if Elton Jenkins walks, do the Packers look at center in the draft and believe they can move Myers over to left guard? Yeah. Does that kind of does that conversation potentially happen? That that's 
Yeah. I mean, it's a great that brings point. up yeah. a whole nother, whole lot of possibilities for the offensive line in 23. And that, that's that what's so be. exciting. Yeah. Even yeah. with the down year, guys, that's what's so exciting about it. So, all right, man, we're going to get out of here. Jake, again, man, I really appreciate your time, dude. It means a lot. Thanks, everybody in the chat, everybody on Twitter, YouTube, for tuning in. And for those of you listening to the postgame show on Monday morning, um, hopefully you guys have an awesome Monday. I know it's not a victory Monday, but I think we would all agree. We come away from this game going, you know what? They they had some fight left in them. And LaFleur got these guys up to, to battle today, even through all the injuries. Guys, you got to keep in mind, still missing – our top defenders, our edge defender, and Gary. Um, you've got Campbell out, the middle linebacker, on and on and on, right? And these guys continue to fight. I'm proud of this team, man. It's been a rough year, especially with uh, the injuries 12's dealt with. But we're going to be back. We're going to be we're going to be as strong as ever. And I think we might have seen the night. We may have the the very next starting quarterback right here in uh, on the roster. So I'm excited about it. So again, thanks for your time, Jake. We're going to get out of here as always. Let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go back, go. Inches to go. The Vader. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star begins to count. Takes the snap. Pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Puck fake. Wallace picked off. Nick Collins. Nick Collins on the return inside the 10. Leaps for the touchdown.